So we're doing something a little different tonight, if you haven't noticed already. Um, there's not usually five people up on stage with me. So we, uh, this past week uh, during Thanksgiving and fall break, okay, sorry, um, we uh, went on a trip to Strasbourg, France, um, which is on the northeast corner of France, right next to Germany. Um, we took a team of six college students, and me and Rachel went as well. Um, and we just got to do a, a really a lot of cool things of outreach for them and their community, um, whether it was giving away free coffee and having conversations through that, um, or talking to people through a language exchange or serving them Thanksgiving dinner. Um, we did all of those things, and it was a whole lot of fun and a whole lot of just hard work at times. Um, but I just wanted to kind of give a moment uh, to some of this team that went on this trip, uh, just to kind of reflect on it and also just tell you, hey, this is what we did and this is what we learned from it. Um, I think we can truly always uh, take the time to say, man, God is doing great things across our world um, and not just here in our world, but across the whole thing. Um, and so I hope you will be encouraged by tonight. Um, we're also gonna spend a little a little time. We're going to spend some time in prayer um, towards the end of this service, um, just praying for this upcoming quarter and just also thanking God for what he did last quarter. Um, so with all that said, okay, is that you? All right, cool. Sounds good. There's a windstorm up here. Um, so what basically we're going to do is I'm going to ask four questions. There's four people up here. They're each going to answer one question. All right. I'll track in with that. Um, so, thanks, Chase. Um, so the first question is, give me your best French impersonation. So honestly, our favorite thing about France, we kid you not, is instead of saying like, oh my goodness, oh my gosh, or whatever that statement is, the French people literally say, and they told us this and we were like, there is no way, this is a real thing, right? And then you literally would just be sitting there and somebody, whether they were a 20 year old man or a 90 year old grandma, they would go, ooh, la, la. and <laughs> it was the best. Anyways, so that's all the French that we probably know um, and we had a great time with it. So anyways, the first real question is this, um, what was your favorite moment from the trip? Okay, sorry, this is kind of scary. Um, <laughs> I, so for me, my favorite moment um, from the trip, it was very hard to pick, but one that really stood out to me most was we had a worship night with our team and the team from Strasburg, um, and it was just really just stood out to me a lot because it was just a beautiful example um, of just people serving the Lord so faithfully. Um, and at one point, it just brought me to tears just sitting in this apartment, trying not to get a noise complaint, <laughs> um, <laughs> singing these songs to the Lord. And it was just like all of these different people from all different walks of life, um, just serving the Lord so faithfully. Um, and I think just a really eye-opening moment for me was just realizing how many people need to hear the name of Jesus. Um, and it just really sparked a fire inside of me to be a more faithful servant to the, of the Lord. Um, and even though it might be scary and like we didn't even know the language there, um, but it just really like it just really sparked that fire inside of me to be like if I can go there and share share the gospel with people who don't even speak the same language, why can't I do it here? Um, and so it was just really a big eye opening moment for me to know that um, just to not be afraid to share the gospel with people who so desperately need it. 
just to kind of give a little bit of background of the place that we're in, um, they are considered the Bible Belt of France, um, which is funny that we went there, right? But uh, what it means to be the Bible Belt of France means that there is 2% evangelical Christians there, um, which is an unreached people group um, if every other part of the world. Um, but so there was a lot of lostness, a lot of people that didn't know who Jesus was, never heard the name, um, and it was very evident, you know, and I think it, it was hard for us to even wrap our minds around, like, growing up in southern, you know, in southern culture where the name of Jesus is everywhere, um, but man, when people got saved there, though, and people, like, knew the Lord, like, their lives were just completely transformed, um, and we saw that with the missionary team there and also the, the national partners that they had um, that were just French people that fell in love with the Lord and wanted to plant a church um, in the neighborhood where there was none, um, and so that's kind of just a little bit more of the background. Uh, second question, in what ways, this is a two-part question, um, so there's actually second and third question. In what ways were you challenged this past week, and then what did God teach you through that? Oh, I was worried that there was a third question that I missed okay, earlier. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. Um, so going into this trip, I struggled a lot with expecting the Lord to move, and if he did decide to move, that he couldn't do it through me. Um, and that was definitely <laughs> Satan working through that, um, because throughout the trip, um, I was so nervous, at least the first 24 hours, like leaving this parking lot and getting to France was nerve wracking. Um, in so many senses, public transportation, the language barrier, um, trying to order a coffee on a French kiosk, like <laughs> y'all, it was nasty. Um, but just things like that that just left and right, I was like, this is going to be really bad. This is going to be a really long week. Why did Chase let me come? All of the things. Um, but throughout the week, the Lord just consistently encouraged me and just left little pieces of peace throughout the week. Whether that's um, making a friend during coffee cart and me being like, hey, would you want to get coffee tomorrow and let's talk more and get to know each other more? And her being like, absolutely, what's your number? What? Um, foreign girl wants to hang out, okay, um, <laughs> I don't mean for that to be funny, um, <laughs> and having a gospel conversation when we were just kind of told like, hey, do what you can to build relationships, but be okay with you feeling like you're not seeing fruit, and y'all, the amount of fruit that I saw from this week was something that I could have never imagined, and I didn't, um, so I guess just the Lord reminding me how faithful he is and how sovereign he is, and in a place that is 2% evangelical Christians, his presence is still all around Strasbourg and places like that, so um, just being reminded of that and having doubt that the Lord can be in a place of 2% um, when he's literally around 100% of Strasbourg, 2% just see it right now, so... That's good. So third question uh, to our friend Crystal is, how did this trip affect your view on international missions? Great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so a little bit of background. Um, I'm from a little town, Bitten, Louisiana, God's country. Um, <laughs> um, and honestly, like it, even here, you know, it's the Bible Belt and... So, obviously, like, the name of Jesus is proclaimed. Um, you hear his name, like, all the time. Um, and there, whenever, whenever we got there, it's known as a postmodern culture. And so it's, like, 
seven years ahead of the United States, which is what they said. Um, and whenever we got there, I understood what it meant to, to like be a postmodern culture. Um, it was really interesting because, like, you know, going on a mission trip, you almost expect it to like be like, you know, I don't know if any of you have gone on mission trips. It's like you go to like a third world country and you meet the physical needs of people, but you go there to France and all their physical needs are pretty much already met. And um, so then you're trying to meet their spiritual needs. And honestly, going there was felt very normal um, to being here um, because like we go out on campus and hand out hot chocolate and we have intentional conversations about the Lord. Um, but there it's just different because you know, there's not this many people in a room worshiping Jesus. You don't have such a big community of believers. Um, their church was probably 15, 10, 15 people, 30. Oh, sorry, 30 people. Um, and what I realized, um, especially in France, like being a missionary, being a part of the church, it gets kind of like, it, it's lonely at times. And honestly, like, you know, because there's not a big church, there's not a lot of money that goes into, you know, supplying a big Thanksgiving meal like we did. And it, it takes a lot to like, you know, provide for stuff like that. And then it takes a lot of money to provide for a coffee cart and the coffee to like make the co coffee cart, wait, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you, you get my point. Um, there's just a lot that goes into it. And then not only that, but one thing that I saw the missionaries do is just pray nonstop. And they even put like um, one, like they even put a whole day of prayer on our schedule, which was really, really sweet. And so what I noticed is that it's lonely. Um, takes a lot of money to do the thing that things that they do. And then it takes a lot of prayer. Um, and I know that for a fact that I'm not called to international missions, but just because we're not all called to international missions does not mean that we can't support them, whether it's through prayer or financially. Um, and obviously we are all college students, definitely aware of that. But, um, you know, growing up, I've just always thought like, oh, cool, missionaries and, um, like they're doing great things for the Lord, but, God really opened up my eyes and like into like what all they do and it's a lot. They not only serve but they have those intentional conversations. There's not a lot of them where they are and they pray so much and it's honestly very encouraging to me. Um and I like it I don't know. I just I'm speechless. I'm overwhelmed and their, with their, like, trust in the Lord um, to have those conversations. But anyways, it's opened my eyes up to those things, and, um, well, God has opened my eyes to those things. Yes. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Last but not least um, is why should others go on missions kind of generally, um, but also why should they go to a place like France? Yeah, so uh, I think, firstly, um, people should go on missions uh, to be obedient to the Lord and fulfilling the Great Commission, right? So Matthew twenty-eight nineteen it says that we should go to all nations uh, and make disciples and then baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so that is a call for all believers. And so 
that doesn't mean that you necessarily have to go on missions, kind of like Krista was saying, but it does mean that everyone is called to live on mission for the people of the world. And so um, that's something that we're all called to be a part of. And so in doing that, we can be obedient to what the Lord has called us to. Um, secondly, I think mission trips can be a catalyst for spiritual growth. Um, when we put ourselves um, intentionally in these situations where we're outside of our comfort zone and you're forced to rely not only on your own strength or not on your own strength, but on the Lord's strength and on the Lord's wisdom, um, which is something a lot of times we can't do here um, just because we're so comfortable where we're at and we're so set in our day-to-day life that um, the things that we're doing just aren't uncomfortable for us. So when we leave that zone, it opens up the opportunity for a lot of growth. Um, I think also it's a great opportunity to uh, grow your relationships with like your fellow believers, like the people you're serving with. Um, when two people or one or more people, when they're um, serving the Lord um, and they're commonly united under that goal that their purpose is to serve the Lord, um, they're, the relationship forms like really fast and really strong because their foundation is in serving the Lord and in following Him. And so Uh, It's also fun, like, you get to hang out with your friends and, like, do things that you're both passionate about and, like, talk, like, enchanté, like, all the time and, like, (laughs) and say dumb stuff like that and get French people to look at you weird, but it's cool, but it's a really great time just to to grow closer to other people, Um, and then lastly, I think it's a, uh, if we're not going to go on missions, then um, nobody is, Uh, so if the people that are called to, um, love the people of the world, and to go out and to share the gospel with them and to share God's love with them aren't going to do it, um, then it's not going to get done. So um, atheists aren't going to share Jesus with non-believers, and agnostics aren't going to share Jesus with non-believers. And so um, the lost and the people that are poor and destitute in spirit aren't going to just wander into the church. We're going to have to go out to them. And so it's really great that we're here in church, and like we talk a lot about the second coming of Jesus, but a lot of the world doesn't know about the first coming of Jesus, and so that is something that we need to prioritize in reaching them. Uh, second question was how to reach, or why should we go to like France specifically, I think. And so um, places like France, uh, for our trip, for example, um, they're really great because like, like Chase said, it's uh, 2% Christian, so it's it's pretty much a open ground, like it's a blank canvas for evangelism and for missions. Um, You're going to meet maybe like one or two other believers there, and so the people that are there and are believers are, it's not like here, we're kind of like, it's kind of a cultural thing and everybody kind of believes in God, but only some people truly follow him, but there it's like if you believe, you you follow, and it's kind of like what you um, are actually being passionate about, and so going to places like that, it's also a great chance to experience other cultures and to um, just reach a different people group and also like, uh, kind of like we said, go outside your comfort zone and uh, in a way to rely on the Lord and his strength. And so in doing so, it, it's a great way to, to grow yourself and to reach these people. Awesome. Uh, just a couple things as we wrap up. Uh, the person that we actually partnered with was a tech student and went to first college and was a part of our, our ministry team um, over the years. She's been doing journeyman over there for the past two years. She's actually about to wrap up her two years there. Um, but she's from Houghton, Louisiana. Um, she is five foot zero, right? Like she, there's nothing special about her in the sense of like, she's a super Christian who is like trying to 
to be over, you know, just like over Christian. I think so often we think like being a missionary, doing missions is for like the Christian elites. Um, and it's really just for the obedient. Um, and I think so often we, we say, man, there's something like mystical about them. Also, Katie is one of the best people on this planet. I wasn't saying she's not special in that way. She's awesome. Um, yeah, amen, sister. Uh, and so I think like we have to recognize that ourselves of like, man, missions, being faithful, being obedient, sharing the gospel is not a call for the Christian elite, um, but it's a call for the Christian, the Christ follower. Um, and I think that's something that we need to hold on to um, as we just think about this quarter and this life and what we're going to do for God. Um, and I was honestly reading, it was a day or two ago, um, in Ezekiel 37, um, which is like the most famous passage in Ezekiel. Um, it's a valley of dry bones. And it just, as I was kind of thinking about tonight and, and thinking through tonight, um, I look over there and like, it was very evident to see people that didn't know Christ and they weren't close, right? Like they weren't people that were always like, man, I know the gospel. I'm just not ready to surrender to it. But they were like, I don't know who Jesus is. And it was easy to look around that culture and be like, man, how could these people come to know Jesus? Um, and in Ezekiel 37, uh, Ezekiel's in this valley and there's dry bones. Um, and he, the Lord literally asked him, he says, can there be breath? Can there be life in these bones? Uh, and Ezekiel's response is kind of iconic as he just looks to the Lord and he says, Lord, you know. And I think that's such a challenge and comfort for us um, because, man, God literally, he, if you continue in the passage, he, like, he makes an army out of these people, out of these dry bones that had no life in them whatsoever for the kingdom of God. And as we look at Strasbourg, it's really to say, man, like we're praying for that. Like we're praying for dry bones to come to life. But as I look back here in Ruston, Louisiana, that's my same prayer. We can look around our lives and say, man, there is people that don't know Jesus that aren't even close. But man, God can save them. Like, he can bring life and breathe life into their bones. Like, will we be someone who is faithful to share that message with them so that they can have life? So that they can truly go from a, a, you know, a valley of dry bones to an army for the kingdom of God. Like, that's our hope. That's our, our, our dream, not just for Strasbourg, France, but for our campus. Um, because it's, it's really easy to look around and be like, yeah, people know Jesus. But man, there is a valley of dry bones out on that campus of people that are seeking purpose, seeking what it means to live, looking for fulfillment. And unless that is found in Jesus Christ, they're going to continue to do that the rest of their life. And man, what hope do we have in him? The message of the gospel that, man, that we can be saved, that we can have salvation in Jesus Christ through his life, death, and resurrection. Man, why would we hold that to ourselves? Why would we not pass that on so that people can come to life for the first time? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just truly pray and so thankful um, for this experience in this week. Um, Lord, we pray that as, as they continue the work in Strasbourg and just across the world, Lord, that you would just ignite a fire and a, a desire in their heart so that they would know you. Um, Lord, that they would know you more. Um, Lord, we pray for the team there that is looking to just truly pour in and, and love the, the Newdorf neighborhood. Um, Lord, we just pray that you would give them boldness and strength and comfort. Um, Lord, and that when they are discouraged, Lord, that you would just give them hope. Um, Lord, because we know that you are working there. Um, but Lord, we also pray for, for our current 
context. Lord, we pray for Russ in Louisiana. We pray for Louisiana Tech. Lord, we pray that you would do a great and mighty work here. Lord, where we would see people come to life for the first time through their faith in you. Lord, we pray for a great and mighty work. And Lord, we pray that you would be at the center of it all. Lord, we love you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. And just praise God for the, the testimonies that, that we just heard and just the lives that were touched in France. And uh, it was a very humbling experience, honestly, for myself as well. Um, just going on the trip and just getting to serve practically um, and just help these missionaries who are there long term in a very uh, a very unwilling culture and um, honestly like just getting to see how they shared the gospel and the love of Christ it was just it was just so cool to see and one thing as we lead into this next song, um, it's about the love of the Father and how deep it is for us that he would send his son to die on the cross. And that's the reason why we go on mission uh, is because we have a story to share in the gospel and, and we know that how that has impacted our lives. And if it hasn't uh, and you don't know Jesus yet, you have every opportunity tonight to to confess and to commit your life to him. And so as we sing this song, just reflect over your own life, reflect over the gospel, reflect over the good news of, of Jesus and what he did on the cross and how he rose again to defeat death and to just give us new life in him. So with that, stand, sit, sing, whatever you feel led to do.